Sure. Is this 108? Let's drop the needle on the record. Yeah, this is episode 108. Um, listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Again. And uh, real quick, we'll just say thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy it digitally or um, go say hi to them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays or if you want to say hyphen instead of dash, knock yourself out. Um, we're not professional critics. We're just... Or professional podcasters. We're not professional anything. <laughs> that's, that's right. Jolien put it best when he said three friends in a shed at the bottom of a garden talking about movies. Yes. I just like it because when you say, it, it just sounds like bottom of a garden. It sounds like we're in a tunnel. I'm and... surrounded by fairies. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, that reminds me. I watched that thing about Black Sabbath, the band. Um, I forget what it was called, though. That should have been on my list. I just scribbled down. All right. So, we're your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Hello. So, um, let's get right down to business. Jolien wasn't with us last time. We talked about a dark song, but you have seen it. Right, yeah, I was at that, that dinner. How was the dinner? Oh, it was great, it just stuffed. Where all... was it? It was at some Chinese restaurant. Uh, they have this, like, um, events hall okay. area. And they had, like, 400 people, a couple of mayors. But it was mostly uh, people who representatives from local um, organizations for minorities, uh, largely Asian. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, so it was get-together, so we, we had a slap-up feed for free. Nice. Including a, a, a mango fish. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. You got dressed up and you sat upright and used yeah. a fork and knife I and all that. a jacket, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. Cool. All right. Well, it sounds like that was worth it. I mean, we just talked about a movie, and uh, <laughs> you talked about Dark Song, didn't you? Yeah, we yes. did. Yeah, we enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was a good one. So, if any listeners are joining us for the first time, um, go watch a Dark Song, and then you know, listen to an episode. You'll be like, "Hey, there's only two guys on this one. What the hell?" <laughs> and last, uh, yeah, yeah, Wednesday I was on a panel at uh, the you know Mutiny. Uh, bookshop does a yeah. podcast every now and then hosted by alan brooks uh so we did one on uh, horror comics they brought me on and uh, had a couple of uh other local guys who who do this comic uh, called isis e-y-e-s-i-s <laughs> uh, this uh woman who kills people in denver and and finds out there's lots weirder things going on stranger things you might say mm-hmm uh, involving the airport and <laughs> as Devon natives know it's the, the airport is uh, home to an underground base of reptiles yes the reptilians have an underground uh, spaceship uh, parking garage yep, I'm yep. guessing mm-hmm. yep. yeah I'm, you may laugh but look it up on the internet it's all oh, true yeah. <clears throat> yeah it must be true it's mm-hmm. on the internet yep and uh, we also have Blucifer the big blue horse with red eyes right which, if our listeners aren't familiar with Lucifer, spell it like it sounds, look up some pictures, and look up the fact that the sculpture killed its maker. Yep. The artist was murdered by his own sculpture. Yep. Which is just 
You can't make shit like that up. <laughs> you can. It just doesn't sound as cool as that. No. So, uh, so you ate some food, mm-hmm. and uh, you 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 did another podcast. What was it called? Because um, we should plug that here. It's got a very rude name. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> here, whisper it to me, and I'll say it. <laughs> All right, I shall write it down, then you can say it. Fuck the Mummy 2017 is what it's called. No. It's called Precipice. It's called Motherfuckers in a Cape. Wow. Is it spelled M-U-T-H-E-R-S? Yeah, M-U-T-H, and then they usually use asterisks. Oh, gotcha. And okay. it's a singular. So I'm going to guess that that one is is uh, it's probably got the explicit tag on it. Like, just because of the name. <coughs> There's definitely lots of swearing. You, can, you, you can't intro it without swearing, so it's automatically <laughs> explicit. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I did say fuck the mummy, but then I didn't say the. I just said fuck mummy, and that sounded really funny last time. <coughs> fuck mummy. Fuck mummy. 2017. Have you seen the movie <laughs> Fuck Mummy? <laughs> mummy fucker. I, aren't we doing that tonight? <laughs> I should bleep all of that. Um... Yeah, we're going to talk about something slightly better than The Mummy 2017. Oh, uh, uh, the, uh, like this week, uh, the, like the director and the, uh, I think one of the producers, like two of the main producers mm-hmm. like left that project. Of The Mummy? The oh, Dark Universe. Uh, hmm, what a surprise. Mm. Yeah. Citing creative differences. They didn't want to create a big steaming pile of crap. <laughs> so wouldn't let them go forward with the fuck mummy project <laughs> i think we should officially change our name <laughs> the, the fuck mummy podcast the fuck mummy podcast where we just watch the mummy 2017 every week <laughs> why don't we just do like you've heard of the star wars minute yeah, they they take one minute oh, yeah, of yeah. Star Wars and talk about it each week. And I don't know if they're going through it chronologically, or if they're just skipping around the whole movie. But there, there was an installation project where they they uh, showed Psycho over the course of twenty four hours. Yeah, wow. they just showed it really slowly. Wow, I like that idea. <laughs> There's probably some stoners in there going, "Wow, this moves like lightning." Yeah. yeah. Janet Lee going, no, just like, <laughs> oh man. So we did all watch Psycho. Did you, I mean, did you rewatch it? Did you have time? Yeah. Good. I'm glad you did. Um, truly a masterpiece mm-hmm. and sort of a big middle finger to everything that was going on in Hitchcock's life as, as a filmmaker at the time. Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know what? Fuck mummy. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I think this is like the Scarface of, of episodes for us so far. Yes, I probably. Think, I don't think we've dropped that many F bombs ever. Bring up cockroaches. Yeah. So, what have you watched since we did this last, uh, Will? I mean, do you want to uh, kick it off? Well, I've been watching Noir Vember. Yeah, Noir movie a day, all of November. So, I didn't bring my list, but I have, I've watched Pitfall, which was all right. Mm-hmm. Terrible um, video game. Yes. <laughs> they based a movie on it back in the 40s before video games were around, which was hard to kind of... It was proof of time travel. Yeah. 
kind of hard to, to you know sell to the audiences that didn't know anything about video games <laughs> <laughs> it just looked futuristic but uh uh an insurance salesman or an insurance investigator gets involved with the wrong girl although she's not crazy in this one she elizabeth yeah elizabeth scott yeah i think i know this one yeah uh it was pretty good um mm-hmm. uh, i don't know um then we watched the big combo yeah just a little more straightforward noir hmm. it's like late period yeah 55 i think it came out is it spelled c-o-m-b-o uh-huh not the big comb over like donald trump no the big combo okay like, <laughs> An order at McDonald's or something. <laughs> I'll take the big combo. I'll take the big combo. Uh, the villain in that's pretty good. He's he's ruthless. He's totally without Ruth. The still they always <laughs> show from that is like someone standing in the entryway of a hangar uh-huh. at an airport, and there's like this massive light and kind of in the fog. Yeah, yeah, there's like a uh, uh, yeah, some sort of light going mm-hmm. around, like a lighthouse, some sort of beacon. Yeah, that's the classic still. It looks great. I think John mm-hmm. Alton did yeah. the... He has footage from... Uh, it, he walked by night in there. Oh. There's some little clips of the cops getting out of their cars. Oh, okay. Um, even though it's supposed to take place, I'm guessing, in New York City, they never say the police are obviously uh, L.A. cops, though, because they're driving... LA cop cars so Hmm. it lost points for me because it wasn't set in LA and the Mm -hmm. noir has to be set in LA yeah um then we watched uh oh god what else did we watch big combo pitfall you ran out of Chucky movies so it certainly Mm -hmm. wasn't that there's no Chucky films in the noir um Oh, I made Gene watch Detour, um, even though that's one I had watched. I broke my own rule. Mm. We watched one because I got tired of going through Amazon's collection of film noir to select it and then have, you know, they want to charge like five ninety nine to watch a movie from 1946. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone's gotten paid on that movie. Who's yeah, gonna, everybody who's who get... got paid on that movie is dead. Right. I, you know... Um, Charge me a dollar ninety nine for it. Yeah, you know, if that. Maybe but a cigarette and some. They're raisins. doing like the, I don't remember Dead Reckoning or something. Something I've seen, but I wanted to rewatch because I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. I really think it was like five ninety nine for the SD rental. Wow. I was like, why? And and it was just a rental. It wasn't buying it. It was a rental for twenty four hours. I could go out and buy a 48 hours, maybe. Buy a Blu ray of The Mummy 2017 mm-hmm. for that much. Yeah, and watch it yeah. for 24 <laughs> hours in real slow mo. <laughs> it's called The 24 Hour Mummy. The 24 Hour Fuck Mummy. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man, I think we need to set up an installation. We'll get sued. But if you put it to different soundtrack, it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So like when I when I was uh, researching Gumby, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't that keen on the series. Yeah. So after like the first couple of episodes, I just put on different music. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just stick on uh, Eamon Tobin or Aphex Twin or something. Yeah. It's great. God, yeah. <laughs> we used to do something called Poor Man's MTV. Mm-hmm. Back when I was in my late teens, early 20s, it was just turn on some music and turn the sound off of the TV. And once in a while, it would sync up. I understand William S. Burroughs started that. Did he? Yes. I wonder what he, he called it. Famous for hosting <laughs> parties where he turned sound off movies and put on other soundtracks. Oh, I don't know what he called it. A he drum. called it Fuck Mummy 2017. <laughs> he was really a visionary. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> uh, I know I watched more noir but they've all started to blend together like all of the horror movies blend together in october <laughs> that'll happen you know we watched psycho last night and jane fell asleep and uh how far did she get she woke up when uh when arbogast gets stabbed <laughs> saying what the fuck so she's wondering where janet lee went yeah she she knew what happened to janet lee she'd never seen psycho before i was amazed but uh i I wanted her to stay awake but she just she was falling asleep but uh she did admire the the look of the whole thing bit she did see it's so she fell asleep shortly after janet lee got killed and slept until abragos got killed and then that woke her up because it went from real quiet to yes you know violins and violence and I was trying to think last night. I'll just go ahead and go into Psycho, but no, we'll we'll move on. I don't remember what other noirs I watched. Uh, you do need to watch Elevator to the Gallows. Yeah, if I can find it. Oh, French noir. Okay. I'll, I'll bring you a copy. Hey, there you go. Of course, Julian owns you're that one. Uh, looking for? Mm. Yeah, just let me know. You don't have to think okay. now. Yeah. Um, what else did we watch though? God, I can't even remember. Shall I start doing mine, and then if you think yeah, of any, go just ahead. yeah, do it. Wave your arm or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I watched uh, the second season of Familiar Things. Yes. Stranger Things. Similar things. Yeah. I, I like Will's uh, oh. phrase, "Familiar Things." Yeah. This this the second season feels more like how you experienced the first one. It was like, oh lord. Yeah, I felt it was less than some of its parts, and you felt like they were hitting your buttons. Yeah, it was just like, uh, oh, yeah, I remember this. Remember this. Like the first one, I felt like they were really getting into what made the original things good. Yeah. But this season, uh, and there's, there's, there's more uh, like new characters that are introduced. Mm-hmm. So by the time you spent like five minutes with each of the characters, like hardly the, the plot has hardly moved for the first several episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so it's a less you know, fascinating overall story. But uh, yeah, I mean, we enjoyed it. We like the we like the people in it, and yeah. uh, uh, I like the music, and and uh, the payoff is good. The final episode. Those kids are going to be all grown up by the time they do a third season. Oh yeah, you, you see the difference. Oh yeah. In this season, they're a little lankier. Yep. Yep. That's why you never work with children. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or you. you or can't. animals. Yeah. <laughs> Um, people yeah. if you can avoid it <laughs> so I watched uh, Dark Song like you saw last week mm-hmm. and um, uh, I've been watching like, crime dramas not 
not noir, but some recent like uh, Latino crime series and films. Oh, neat. Um, so I watched, uh, you know, uh, have you seen Narcos? No, I've not watched Narcos. Is it I have. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's really good. Uh, it's so suspenseful by the end of it. You're just chewing oh. your fingers down. It's, oh All right, fantastic. It's really nicely done. You can see a lot of like echoes of noir, how it's lit and the, the you know, just the atmosphere of paranoia is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I really like the uh, the guy who played uh, Pablo Escobar in the first couple of seasons. Mm. Uh, it's Wagner Muros. He's this Brazilian actor. But anyway, I wanted to check out other stuff he's done. And he was in a couple of these Brazilian movies called The Elite Squad in English. Okay. And uh, which is about this like militia who operate separate to the police because the police are so corrupt at, mm. at this point. And, uh, like the untouchables. Yeah. So they, they form this like this, this squad and, and uh, to, to clean up. So like the, the first film that they're going after the, uh, the cartels yeah and the uh, second film starts with like there's three cartels trapped in this this prison and they're each in a different wing but the uh, the police like smuggling guns to one cartel and give them access to the other wings oh okay so that they will just go in and kill off everybody uh so it starts off with that but then you know it spirals out of control well that hardly seems fair mm-hmm. but they're, they're just like uh, they know citizens won't, won't be that bothered by it and yeah. the police won't be bothered by it yeah you know it's, it's a win-win situation and then the militia will just go in and mop up um but anyway anyway it's a, uh, so the second movie is is more about him uh he gets like promoted upwards into a position where he's not supposed to be able to do anything mm-hmm. uh so he, you know he's, he's given an office job where he's you know just put in charge of uh, uh phone and camera monitoring and then the police are just going into the favelas and and just uh, taking out all the businesses and killing off the the drug traders and mm. taking all the money for themselves and you know just running everything. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're good movies. Um, Elite Squad, and we I saw the Sissy trilogy, which is uh, Romy Schneider. This this is this is these Austrian films made in the mid to late fifties, and uh, so she plays the real life you know empress of the one woman who became the empress of austria she's this oh okay. bavarian woman who marries into the family but uh i mentioned that because the emperor she marries uh is karl heinz Bohm, who played the lead in peeping tom a couple of years oh, later okay. so you see him as like this dashing young man and uh so it's kind of weird watching him and yeah he, he's so good in it and uh, they're really beautiful looking movies um, and they're very much the fairy tale version. You don't, I mean, if you read up on actual events, it's pretty ghastly. Yeah. Uh, and then I uh, saw the autopsy of Jane Doe, which I've been looking forward to for quite a while because it's from the director of uh, uh, Troll, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Uvredal. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, have you, have you, have I've you not seen, seen it? it no. I've heard good things about it. Uh, I don't want to say anything about it. Yeah, don't tell us. Very nice looking. Check it out, and I uh, look forward to hearing what you think of it. Because right. there's such good stuff in it. Excellent. As good as Troll Hunter. Mm, I don't. I, I'm not going to say anyone. Okay. But check it out. <laughs>
better than Troll Hunter? <laughs> no, I just fewer trolls. Better than Fuck Mommy Twenty Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, if you judge a movie by a number of trolls in it, then uh, this would disappoint you. Oh man. All right, that that's your list. Did you think of any? No, I can't okay. remember any of the others I've seen. Well, since last time, um, had I watched Suburbicon last time when we went to do this? Okay. No. Activated my Movie Pass card. I got to recommend get the Movie Pass. It's it's like nine ninety nine a month, and then you could use it all the time. You could just go and get into a movie theater without paying for a ticket. Wow. They. Figure you're gonna buy? Uh, well, I don't know. What do you buy? Popcorn? Jujubes? They still yeah. make, they still make jujubes. I'm sure they do. <laughs> Snow caps. <laughs> Snow caps. Uh, milk duds, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with any of these things. Oh yeah. All they have in England is like pea gravel. Yeah. <laughs> pea gravel. Mushy, mushy pea. pea gravel. <laughs> and pea gravel. Regular pea gravel. Um. So yeah, went and saw a Suburbicon at the Alamo. It's really, it's different. It's it's uh, written by the Coen brothers, directed by George Clooney, stars Matt Damon and a bunch of other people. And uh, basically it's that weird thing, like if you've seen Pleasantville or Fido or any of these movies where they make this weird, idyllic suburban neighborhood and then there's like something sinister going on. Um, this kind of right out of the gate, it's like oh, you could see the sinister thing going on as racism um, it shows this family that's just sort of, uh, it starts out with a commercial, uh, selling this, uh, suburban community. And then it goes into like, here it is established. It's been going for a few years and, um, and it's set in the fifties. Uh, so the basic plot kind of kicks off with, okay, everything seems a little too ideal and there's a family moving in and it's a black family mm-hmm. and you can see like there are some people who are a little bit put off by this this is weird you know yeah and it, it gets into like who's the real monster kind of a thing you know uh, eventually of course as you'd expect but there's something else going on where there's been a home invasion and um, because of the use of chloroform one of the characters dies and then you're left to wonder what's going on in the aftermath of this. And um, that's about as much as I really want to say about it. But, uh, but you start to see the, the flaws and the failings of these characters unravel a little bit. And then you start wondering what else could have been going on here. And then you get some hints as to maybe what was going on there. Mm. And the, the B plot of course, is this uh, family next door is getting, um, harassed and it's escalating and it starts to get out of control. And I do wonder if it's challenging the viewer to examine what's going on with themselves to have forgotten that plot line until it resurfaces. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, it's not a bother as long as you don't have to see it or hear it. And then the next time you see it or hear it, it has noticeably escalated. So I do wonder Ah. if there is some sort of a... um, moral to that story that we're supposed to be gathering. And I, I do want to maybe read what were the intentions of the filmmakers. Um, it's it. I do recommend it. It's good. Um, not everybody will like it, but it looks great and everything seems pretty spot on. Um, as far as the, you know, the cars, the decor, the costuming, yeah. the, the design of the whole thing really does look like it's the late fifties. 
Um, I saw Jug Face by your recommendation, Will. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like something you'd um, stumble upon and say, oh, I didn't think that was going to be any good, but it, it was pretty good. It was fairly original and yeah. interesting take on things for, you know, a no-budget movie. Yeah. And it, it's not something you've seen a hundred times before. Not exactly. I mean, no. it was all, I mean, it wasn't anything groundbreaking by a long shot but it was uh it was kind of a new take on pumpkin on, head on yeah on <laughs> pumpkin head jug head pumpkin face um i wa- i started watching prom night but i got tired so i had to the jamie lee curtis yes one. the original um i was really interested to see there was this whole part at the beginning with the with the kids running around that old rundown schoolhouse playing killer or murderer or whatever they were calling their little game. Um, that was interesting, but, uh, I will probably restart the movie and just go back into it. But I was pretty tired. It's been a busy week at the shop. Um, I watched this documentary about black Sabbath doing their last tour ever as black Sabbath. And it's not all the original members. Cause I think uh, Bill Ward really didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So they had a different drummer. But aside from that... They had a drum machine. How great would that be? <laughs> that would have been fucking hilarious. Uh, it's like, okay, how do, what button do I hit to start Iron Man? He's got the kick drum that starts yeah. it, you know? So uh, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, I recommend that for anyone who likes Black Sabbath at all. You get to see some good close-ups of Tony Iommi's capped fingertips. Do you know about this? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, he's missing fingertips from a welding accident when he was really young. Oh. And uh, he's got these little finger caps. So he can... I, mean, I believe they call those thimbles? <laughs> yeah, they're called thimbles. Yet somehow he doesn't play slide music. I don't know. Um, I watched uh, a couple episodes of the new Twin Peaks uh, series. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, when are they be done with this Dougie bullshit? But uh, hey, maybe, you know sometime next season um i'm not saying i don't like the the series i'm just wondering david lynch what the hell yeah (laughs) what are you doing uh i've never gotten an answer to that question david lynch what are you doing no i never will get an answer to that question he's gonna write a book and leave it behind when he dies that'd be great yeah um he'll fake his survival so you'll never know he's died so you'll never get that book yeah. Um, and I, of course, watched Psycho, but I also watched the documentary about the shower scene called 7852. So how did, how did you watch it? that? How did I watch it? I rented it on demand. Okay. Um, so it was a Comcast had it available. Oh. So um, I'm not sure how else it will be available, but it was really good. I liked it. Um, there were a lot of uh, opinions of guests, you know, that were kind of interesting to a point but you know you you almost start wondering are they going to get into that you know that the the frame by frame like oh here's what happens here and i started thinking they're not going to do that that's weird and then they start doing that so so you do get some of that i was interested that um i always wondered what the out of focus partial nudity you know how, how that could be explained and I remember hearing, well, there was a body double, and then some mm-hmm. people were like, no, not really. There was no body double. There but was. There was, absolutely. Yeah, so Marley Renfro was the body double. Right, right. She was like a 
Playboy models. Yeah, she was a pinup model, and and she did do Playboy, and she was. I think she just did the whole circuit of you know those other lesser known men's magazines and the nudie playing cards and all those kind of things. She was. In fact, I printed some of this out for you guys if if you were not familiar. What, pictures. Yeah, pictures. Look, I just made a collage here. <laughs> oh, you, you did. Look, yeah, I'm not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Look at all those nudes. Uh, I did insert the picture of the knife um, pressing against the uh, lower abdomen in the shower scene um, because that is explained because I always wondered about, like, how did they do that? Um, and she said what they did was they pressed the knife against her flesh and then pulled it away and mm-hmm. then ran it in reverse. But, um, yeah, she was interesting. She was like this really kind of cool old lady. <laughs> they interviewed her. And she was she was hilarious. Uh, she explained a lot about what was happening as they were filming. So I enjoyed 7852. Um, that is what it was called, right? 7852, yes. <clears throat> In one of the um, websites I was looking at, talking about Psycho, uh, they said it was um, 77 because it's 70... 77 or 78, as it turns out, different camera angles, and then 52 edits or cuts. And uh, that's what the name of that documentary means. And it's really interesting. Um, there's a lot about like what was going on with Hitchcock, like what was the what was his reason for doing what he did? And I think I think he was wanting to just say, forget everything you know about what I've done lately. Here's something, here's something completely different. He was doing those gorgeous Technicolor movies, mm-hmm. huge budgets, all these big names, all this stuff going on. And it's so glitzy and glossy and it's just wonderful. And everybody knows what Hitchcock is all about. And he's like, forget all that. This is going to be shot with my TV crew. It's going to be shot in black and white. And um, you're not going to know most of these actors. Yeah. Which was great. You know, he was just like, you know what? You don't tell me what to do. I think he had one picture left on a contract. Paramount, yeah. It was Paramount, yeah. And he said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Right. And they knew better than to try and stop him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was not easily reasoned with, was he? <laughs> or pushed around. He definitely wasn't pushed around. So we all watched Psycho. Um, Julian, what's your history with this movie? When, when did you first get to see it? And how edited was it? Well, I mean, in the UK, they edited some of the violence, but the nudity was intact. Good. Um, but uh, on its first release, anyway. I think I, I, this is one of those movies that you read a lot about, but then, you know, in, before we had a video player, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't able to see it. Um, you know, eventually it turned up on TV. But, uh, yeah, I was... I was uh, uh, and before then, I'd seen like those those photo books where they like do thousands of pictures from the movie and mm-hmm. tell the story with that. And then I read all those uh, those uh, like biographies about Hitchcock and books about his movies. And uh, so I was really familiar with the, like the famous the shower scene. And um, so I felt like I'd seen that bit already when I first saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the Arbogast mur- murder is the shocking one for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that just That's da- out of nowhere. suddenly yeah. happens from this weird angle and you're wondering what's going on and then he's dead yeah. by the time you figured it out, you know. Um, if there's any way to preserve this for a new viewer of the movie and not tell them 
what's up with oh here's a good place for the spoiler alert uh this podcast will spoil the featured attraction we're talking about but it is from 1960 so get your shit together <laughs> watch the movie yeah and if, you, if you're into horror movies you and this is just one of the basic yeah 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 this if is you, it if you haven't seen this then you are failing go back and see this yeah but uh for someone to see this for the first time and not know that mother isn't really alive and well mm-hmm. or alive and ailing up at the house. Uh, if they don't know that this supposed main character is going to be uh, killed off in the first, what, how many minutes of the film? It starts 46 minutes in. Yeah. 46 minutes. I timed it when I watched it the last time. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. right? It's, it's what I, so you still got an hour to go of the movie. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I was going to say a third of the way into the movie, but it's more than that. A little under it, halfway. Yeah, so it's 42% of the way through the movie, or whatever <laughs> the case. But that was not something that was done back then. Mm. You might do that now. Like, that's why well, it worked. Because Hitchcock did it. Psycho did it, yeah. you know. So all these... And I was trying to think of, uh, and I can't remember, there was some movie I've watched recently that I felt did this sort of thing. Where... Scream. No, it wasn't Scream. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to Scream. Uh, but uh, I, I can't remember what it was, <coughs> but it, it felt like that was the main mistake was they brought in somebody at the end of the film that kind of, like, they dropped the main character and and it didn't work in that film. Or, yeah, I can't remember enough about it now, but... Uh, this yeah, this definitely works still. Yeah, there's um, Kurosawa's uh, Ikiru where the the lead character dies about halfway through the movie. Yeah. And does the movie have things set up to carry on without the main character? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because that would be like, this is when you start introducing him. You got to already know the replacement before. Yeah, he'd... you're kind of following his his. He's trying to make. He knows he's going to die. And uh, he's trying to find meaning to his life. He wants to do something to to have had a meaningful life. And his his life has been falling apart. And then he uh, and then he decides what he's going to do. And then he dies. Hmm. And then the rest of the movie is his people looking back on him, his legacy, and how he's affected them, and and uh, you know people who are against what he's trying to do. Hmm. That, that was like early 50s, 51, I think, 52. Oh, wow. So predates Psycho. Yeah, but I mean, it's a very different movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coming from Kurosawa, I would expect it to be very different. So, Will, what about you? What was your first time seeing Do you remember like about when you saw this for the first time? I actually didn't sit down and watch Psycho until maybe my freshman year of college really yeah. and you knew how and, all the but i i knew everything about it and that's why i hadn't watched it because right it was something that it was a lot like you talked about i'd seen it by reading about it so much mm-hmm. and seen it in books and seen every movie make fun of it <laughs> yeah and you know so the shower scene was something you're like oh yeah i've seen all this before and then yeah Arbogast murder is like what the hell's going on and I was trying to think last night like um, when I watched it I knew Norman Bates's mother was dead 
Yeah. But I was trying to think last <clears throat> night, you know, if you were watching this for the first time and didn't know she was dead, you know, if you thought, how would this movie play if you really thought she was the psycho of the title hmm. and not right. Norman? Yeah. Now, does it play that way? I guess. It's really weird, yeah. The I... most perplexing thought I have on Psycho is the last scene. The car being pulled up out of the oh, yeah. swamp. I just, I never understand why he ends with that scene. It just seems so anticlimactic or something. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so it goes, he's sitting in the in the room at the... Uh-huh, yeah, at the asylum or the, the police the, station. Yeah, the police station. And, uh, and then you get the superimposition of the mother's head over his. Mm-hmm. And then before you see that clearly, it dissolves to the oh. car being pulled out and the chain oh. is coming out right where their heart would be. Okay. Huh. Oh, thank you. Because it's perplexed me for years <clears throat> of watching that film. I was like, why does he end with that scene? Yeah, and it's I... like, you know, there's things being revealed that's coming out of the subconscious. Oh, okay. That's how I took it. Yeah. And you remember about, I don't know, three or four episodes ago, <clears throat> I said that there was something interesting about how we when we're watching movies, sometimes find ourselves being anxious for the antagonist to get away with something. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the things I mentioned was the car sinking into the swamp in Psycho. Yes. You're like, oh no, oh right. no, it's not going to sink. We need it yeah. to sink. Why do we, why? He's a terrible yeah. person. He's yeah. a crazy person. He's exactly. going to get away with things if that thing sinks. Yeah. Oh no. But he, he was, car <clears throat> they, they cast Anthony Perkins because they want, because, um, uh, Joseph Stefano was writing the screenplay and in, in the Roblox novel uh -huh. have you read it? I'm not uh, so Norman Bates he's, he's about 40 years old he's this like kind of tubby yeah. guy he's not physically attractive at all uh, and he's more it's more gruesome yeah. but anyway he's, he's like hardly sympathetic at all in, in the novel but Hitchcock wanted to do have have him be the sympathetic character so yeah yeah so they cast anthony perkins as the ideal like, he was, young yeah, appealing guy he's in he's of 27 or so melancholy yeah late 20s yeah yeah um yeah so yeah so <laughs> yeah as you, as you say like he's, he's trying to dispose of the corpse and like, <laughs> right and we're, we're rooting for him to get away with it. Yeah. We are the monsters. Mm -hmm. The viewer is the monster. <laughs> right. As soon as like, he carries the, he like wraps up the body and carries her out the uh, the motel door. And yeah. then these car lights play over him and you're like, <gasps> oh no, he's going <laughs> to get someone, caught. Someone's pulling in. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we find our monstrous selves rooting for him to get away with what he's doing. Um, by the way, uh, did you catch what kind of candy he was eating out of that little bag? No. Candy corn. Was it? Yeah. Candy corn. Oh. Candy corn, you know, the little... So is that like popcorn in... No, it's their little uh, pyramid-shaped candies that have the... a white, yellow, and orange. Oh. They're little triangles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got a white top and I think a yellow middle and an orange bottom. Yeah, they taste vaguely caramely, but more like more, more like, like wax, wax and <laughs> sugar in it. Sugar. 
Yeah. So I thought, you know, this, if Will was on the fence at all about whether Norman Bates was really a monster, he's eating candy corn. Uh, I tried um, to figure out what he was eating last night, but I couldn't tell. Yeah. Cause he says, uh, I think he, he said, offers, he offers a, candy at Abergast. Yeah. And uh, that was an improvisation that uh, Anthony Perkins came up with, which you'd think, oh, you know, Hitchcock was a control freak. He was about some things, but not everything. Well, you couldn't be. I mean, well, he was too busy latching on women. <laughs> <laughs> to do a Stanley Kubrick kind but, of thing yeah. and control every aspect of a film. I, I didn't read up on this for the podcast, but I vaguely remember that uh, they could improvise as long as they didn't move off this. Mark. The mark, yeah. So as long as they, as long as the camera steered them, they could do what they wanted to. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Because they're going to be more natural if they're allowed to. Yeah. Unless you're a terrible actor, in which case he shouldn't have cast you. No. <clears throat> now there's a a lot of trivia, of course, about this movie. Um, the one piece that I found. You know, they don't say "fuck mommy" once in this whole <laughs> really? movie. Actually, he slips it in there, but <laughs> it's yeah, it's written. That's pretty, pretty rare for 1960. Yes, um, the painting, and of course, Hitchcock does this walkthrough, and he's like, "This painting is of utmost importance or significance or whatever it is yeah. he says." And I wrote down what this painting was. It's uh, Susanna and the Elders. Okay. And what's interesting about this painting, um, the one that Norman Bates moves away from the wall, and you can see he's chiseled this big hole large enough to fit his face close to the, the, oppo- the, the, wall, yeah. the opposing wall with the hole in it, um, so he could get a really good look. Um, the painting is about a virtuous and I assume virginal young woman who is just trying to take a bath, and these voyeurs have crossed over from being voyeurs to actually assaulting her. Hmm. And here he is moving that painting out of the way to be a voyeur. And then he goes around and, well, assaults her with a butcher knife. He kills her, but... Well, his mother does. Well, yes, mother does. We're not going to spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's another interesting piece of trivia. I always wondered, like, how was all the lighting so perfect but the silhouette was also such a silhouette, and it turns out they blacked out the faces of the the female body doubles, who were body doubles, and it wasn't Anthony Perkins at all um, in the mother costume. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was not him. And he's like, I've been taking the rap for this for years. I wasn't <laughs> even there. I was in New York at a play. He was, like, opening a play. He was starring on Broadway. Um, so that is not him with the butcher knife. Um, he wasn't there for filming. It didn't look like him when he attacks Abergast. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if that was him or not. I mean, it could have easily been someone else as well, but, uh, yeah, if you want to look up, uh, that painting of Susanna and the elders, it's the one by Van Mieris, M I E R I S. And we don't know if it's the father painter Franz or his son, Willem spelled like Willem Dafoe's name, Willem. So it's either uh, Franz von Mieres or Willem von Mieres. Um, so, yeah, you could look that up. It's very interesting that th- that's symbolic to what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so you saw this thing uh, and, and you were like, yeah, I know, I know the beats, but Arbogast got you. Yeah. 
do you remember the suspense getting to you? Do you remember being impressed by the fact that they showed an unmarried couple in a hotel room? Well, he's married. Well, he's still married, but he's separated, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's in the process of getting a divorce. Yeah. But yeah. That, that kind of echoes the Bates relationship because his mother's boyfriend is married. Right. Yeah. That's right. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so you did not see this stuff in, in at all on television back then, but not in the movies either, really, at least American movies. Or in Toilet. Yeah. Or a toilet. They First didn't even toilet. show a toilet. Yes. Flushing a toilet? First. Forget it. Right. Not going to get away with... <laughs> Who do you think you are, Hitchcock? <laughs> yeah. Showing a toilet. <laughs> what do you want to show next? A murder in the shower? Well, the murder in the shower is fine, but no toilets. No you hear toilets. me? <laughs> yeah, that like weird objections to what what you could show. and. Oh, yeah. Seems just arbitrary, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, what, what they're so bothered about the toilet. Yeah, as long as it's not dirty or uh, it's not like there's a turd floating in it, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, will somebody flush this before we start filming? <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, the, the movie kicks off uh, telling you that it's in Phoenix, which I'm thinking, that's a hell of a hot place to be. Mm. <clears throat> and of course the couple they don't look like they're in air conditioned comfort in this hotel room. Right. No. I was really interested to see like how we got exposition without getting hit over the head with it. Mm-hmm. We find out what their relationships are, you know, she's single, he's, you know, going going to be divorced. Um he... the, the, there's a like just before you see them when the, and it's panning across the city, you get these like captions come up so it tells you where you are. Uh-huh what day of the month it is and exactly what time of the afternoon it is. And you don't get anything like that for the rest of the movie. I know. Right. So I noticed it, that. It, it kind of draws you into it being a crime procedural sort of thing mm-hmm. because you think it's going to be like dragnet, you know, Tuesday yeah. at 10 p.m. Right. But they never show right. that again. Never yeah, see I that thought again. of that last night. But if you pay attention to the timeline, then the calendar they show in the police station at the end is wrong oh. by at least three days. Mm. And my understanding was the reason they did that that title, that caption, was that uh, in some of the establishing shots, there were some Christmas decorations. Yeah. And they wanted to say, okay, it's sunny, it's bright, but it's Phoenix and it, it's the Christmas season. So just get over it. You know, they, they can have Christmas where there's sunshine all the time. Mm, okay. I think is what they were trying to do. It's like, oh, don't let that ruin the shot. <laughs> Why does that ruin the shot? You know, it doesn't have to. Yeah, the, the, uh, his, his first idea was to do it as a helicopter shot and then go into the window from there. But yeah. they, it was just too shaky in those days. They didn't have the... Stabilizing. Yeah, stabilizing gimbals and things. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. And, and it's really interesting that um, that now you, you could do it with a drone. You don't even need to rent a helicopter. Right. You know, you could probably zoom right in on some people who don't want to be in your film. And, uh, you know... Well, so, yeah, you didn't see this stuff back then... Um, very often in movies, it was usually like you had to be reading between the lines to get, oh, these folks just did it. And here they are, you know, hanging out. It's like, yeah, they just just shy of tell you that it just happened and mm-hmm. that it's, you yeah, know. She just had a long lunch break, as she puts it. Yeah. Yes. And, 
yeah, you wouldn't see a, a woman in her underwear like that, you know, and at all on television, but uh, very seldom in movies. And uh, we get our exposition. Like, what are these characters? Like, we know they have money troubles uh, or there's personal troubles that can be solved with money. Mm-hmm. And then she sees this golden opportunity. And that dude, can you believe that actor, that crotchety old <laughs> grizzled looking actor? Tom something. The, yeah. The he's, character. He's like 52, 51 or 52 when they filmed that. Really? Yeah. People looked old back then. Yes, they did. They looked so old. Wow. Yeah. I looked up like when he was born. I'm like, this guy is such a familiar character actor. I know I've seen him in things. Yeah. He's, he's probably been in a thousand cowboy movies. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, oh, my God. This guy is not old at all, but he looks ancient, like craggy. And <laughs> he, was, he was a bit of a drinker. Yeah. The character, anyway. Yeah. That, that could put some miles on him. And, uh, of course, Hitchcock's daughter was in the office scene. And yeah, that's Pat. why. Yeah, Pat Hitchcock. And that's why he establishes his cameo mm-hmm. through the window so right. he could be in the scene with her. Mm-hmm. and get it out of the way early so people don't have the movie ruined looking mm-hmm. for where is Hitchcock going to be? He always does the cameo. It's like, uh, hi, I'm over here. <laughs> um, the first time I saw this, I was a kid. I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And uh, it was on TV. My mom was like, yeah, sure, you can watch it. There's a part that's going to probably be pretty scary. And uh, she was talking about the reveal of, of the mother corpse. Mm. Ah. And uh, I don't know. Have we just seen enough other movies? I mean, I guess we saw stuff where, you know, Frankenstein monsters and wolfmen and whatnots have gone into sulfur pits or out castle windows. So I guess I wasn't supposed to be that startled by a shower stabbing or an arbogast murder. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was kind of weird. I wasn't expecting the mother corpse when I was a kid. So did it freak you out? Not really. <laughs> Not I, really. I don't it remember. It wasn't a wolf man or anything. I didn't run screaming from the room. No. Yeah. I think I was most scared of decapitations back then. <laughs> I'm serious. She, it, that's what happens in the novel. He cuts off her head. Yeah. That's funny that, yeah, that I should mention that. But yeah, it, it, it I don't know how you would do that with a butcher knife. It's supposed to be harder than that, but yeah, he takes her head off. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The storyboards were really interesting looking, you know. Saul Bass. So Saul Bass of Rankin Bass, your favorite. Well, oh. so you got candy corn, you got Saul Bass. Yeah, it's a whole Christmas holiday feature. <clears throat> yeah, this 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 should be stuff that uh, puts you off of the movie entirely. Yeah. It should be unwatchable for you. Um, Sam Loomis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. The boyfriend. Name. Yeah, familiar name. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Halloween, of course. Uh, Dr. Samuel Loomis. Had to have been named after Sam Loomis, yep. I would hope. Uh, I made a little note to myself. Oh, and I also made a note here that... Um, when uh, Marion, Janet Lee's character, Marion, stops into the car dealership to try and shake that state trooper, mm-hmm. she should have just gone to Denny's. She just sit down and have some pancakes. Yeah. Wait for him to get bored and wander off. But she just gives him too much opportunity to just stand there and be intimidating. Yeah. And that's the, that's the Hitchcock suspense stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh, is he going to leave? Oh, God, he's still there. <laughs> Not going to leave. He's not going anywhere. With his 
dead soulless mirrored eyes. He's just going to stand there staring. I love how he tells her, well, shouldn't you stay in a motel? It'd be safer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great foreshadowing. <laughs> There's a thousand of them around here. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that, he says. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah, she trades in um, a car for another car just like it, really. I mean, they weren't that different. And Yeah. And she was quick to pay 700 bucks. I think California Slim or whatever his name was, was just like really happy to see her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, there was, uh, I, th- I want to say there were five nominations for the, for Psycho, for the, the Academy Awards. Janet Lee got one. Yeah. They, uh, there were a total of five. There was like um, cinematography. and mm. uh, They had the distinguish between color and black and white at the time because there were still enough black and white movies um the apartment is what won all the awards that year like that was you know what everything that psycho should have gotten the apartment got Mm. um i don't know the apartment's a pretty good movie yeah well yeah you know i'd have to rewatch that one to really compare the two but yeah um you look at north by northwest Big budget, lots of big names. Love that movie. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and then here comes Hitchcock. Low budget, television crew, filming it black and white. That's pretty amazing. Pretty bold move. <clears throat> um, any f- any favorite scenes that aren't the shower scene, Arbor Guest's murder, or uh, the reveal <laughs> of Mother? <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing looks really yeah. good. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I want to say like the um, the opening scene is pretty cool. Yeah, that kind of sets the tone, and um, the scene at the car dealership that one really works for me mm-hmm. because after she finally leaves, like, good, I'm out of here. Then the cop pulls right up, and it's like, yeah, there's the mechanic, there's the dealer, and there's the cop, and it's like they're gonna talk. It's like, what's up with this woman? Yeah. So I think, yeah, for whatever reason, that one really works for me. Um, what about the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff with, uh, with the pitcher of milk and the sandwiches and all that stuff? Does that do anything for you? I don't know. The part where Norman brings her some food and they hang oh, out. In the, yeah. I, mean, I don't know that, that it's sort of uh, supposed to lay some groundwork or something. Well, you're supposed to think he's sympathetic. You feel bad for him because... Mom yelled at him. Yeah. He puts the pathetic and sympathetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's when she uh, she realizes that he's in a in this situation, and uh, sort of similar to her, you know, if he had the money, mm-hmm. wherewithal would he escape? Yeah, um, which is she is trying to do, but she's um, you know she's decide at that you know that that conversation makes her decide to go back and yeah. And at the same time, I think once he realizes that she's lied to him, mm. I think that's when he decides that he's uh, he's going to kill her. Yeah. Do, do you notice that uh, there's several characters, the lead characters, who tell lies? It never works. Yeah, no. <laughs> you can tell the other the person listening to him is like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You watch it and you're like, oh, Norman catches her in two lies about her name and where yeah. she's from. Where and she's going. And where she's going. And then he realizes that 
nobody's looking for because right. he doesn't imagine the money mm-hmm. at all. But he, then, he just thinks this is somebody who's a perfect victim. Yes. And she would be if she hadn't taken $40,000. <laughs> yeah. Then, then he doesn't believe Arbogast. And, and yeah. then there's that interplay with him and Sam where they, they don't believe each other and they're kind of fencing right. around. Mm-hmm. And that is a good suspenseful scene where um, Marion's sister is up there snooping around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I know. can never remember her name. I, the, oh, act, yeah. the actress is very miles, but... Um, Lily. Lily. Uh, there you go. Yeah, okay. I, say, I got it here. I got the cast list here. Um, yeah, the, uh, there's some great suspense because you think, oh, she's going to get caught. Right. You know, something's going to happen. So, like, when they're snooping cabin one... Oh, and that's... That, I need to kind of rewind a bit here. When Marion first arrives at Bates Motel and Norman's reaching for, like, three or four on the on the key hooks yes. mm-hmm. and then when she mentions that she's uh, from los angeles yeah, then he moves over to grab one mm. yes and puts her in the one adjoining you know adjacent yes. to the office <clears throat> so yeah that was pretty cool it's it's subtle like maybe don't notice it the first time you're watching oh the there's movie. so many things in this thought, yeah, yeah like this time i noticed that the, when he comes in to clean up he picks the key up off the floor yeah. Which would have been the second key to the room. Right. Because uh, then he picks up her key later. That's on uh, the counter. And I'm, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's not anything that means anything, but. But you do notice it. But I just noticed it this time. It's like, oh, mom used a different key. Or, you know. Huh. huh. I, I noticed that when Marion does something bad, she changes from white to black. It happens oh. with her handbag and with her bra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I, I noticed that she went I, I did notice the underwear color changed was really stark. Yeah, it was but yeah, I didn't notice that that had to do with what the character was up to. Yeah. Just like real life. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I had a note here that um after Hitchcock died in nineteen eighty um, Universal went bananas, just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Everyone makes sequels. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had some control over stopping this. Um, but, you know, three sequels, a remake. Oh, that remake. Wow. Have you seen it? No. I've never watched the remake. I've yeah. seen the sequels. Yeah. I've seen at least part two. I'm pretty sure I've watched part three at some point. Yeah, I need to watch um, at least... Psycho 2 again. Psycho 2 is not too bad. I mean, it's nothing like the original, but what could it be? And so they don't try it at all to be the original. Yeah. So it kind of works. It's, I don't know. I remember being sort of entertained by it. Uh, Part 3, I don't remember liking (laughs) it all. Yeah, I've seen it in ages. And part four, I don't know that I ever saw. I don't think I did at all. It just seemed like, why are you doing this? But yeah, the remake, go ahead and watch it if you want to see um, a lesser version of the same thing done shot by shot. And it is a shot by shot remake. That's Um, so weird. Yeah, they didn't change much at all. Like, they tried really hard. And it's Gus Van Sant, which makes me wonder, like, why did he get involved with this particular project? Because he's... He's better at more original stuff than this. Yeah. Uh, but Is in, he filling in a 
a contract. Like, he had one more movie under his belt, and he's like, fine, I'll make a shot-by-shot remake of Psycho. He lost a bar bet. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, in addition to the remake, there was a television film spinoff and, a, uh, of course, the prequel TV series, Bates Motel. So that's a bunch of stuff. Did you watch any of those? I did. The kid does a really good job. His mom, Norma, does a really good job. Um, It's, you know, it's... It's what you would uh, hope they would do if they were going to prequel the whole thing as a series. Yeah. They do a nice job of it. I I didn't dislike it at all. That kid, Freddie, I forget his last name, but he's really good. He's a good actor. Um, hmm. And w- I'm sure we'll see him in more things. Um, of course, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this. Janet Lee was had a lot of weird threatening letters and phone calls. Yeah. All the way up to her death. Like, really? From when Psycho came out all the way up till she died, she would get weird, threatening, menacing phone calls and letters. From Hitchcock. <laughs> it was mostly. They all stopped in 1980 for some weird reason. <laughs> they all had the same breathy, heavy accent. And uh, um, Norman's mother was voiced by three people, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird. Uh, Virginia Gregg, Paul Jasmine, and Jeanette Nolan, uh, who also provided some screams for the discovery of Mother's Corpse. And uh, the uh, three voices were were mixed um, very thoroughly, except for the end speech, which was um, voiced by Virginia Gregg. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was some voice acting. And uh, they, they kept the whole thing about the body double really under wraps for many years. Like, it was never really known. Yeah. And the nudity was out of focus and fleeting, so it wasn't really... Did you hear that like, uh, the censors wanted him to cut out the naked breast? Like, there's one guy who said, oh, you can see her naked breast in, yeah. in the shower scene. Another guy, another one of the censor board or whatever it was, because you don't have the censors. It's like the certification board, right? Yeah. One of them said you could see her breast. One of them said you couldn't. Yeah. Cut it so that we don't see that. So he didn't do anything, resubmitted it, and, and they then didn't they swapped over. So one ah. of them said, oh, I can see it now. And the other one said, no, no, it's not there. And it's it's barely, like, there's a barely enough light and shadow to even see the shape of, of the side boob. Mm-hmm. But there it is. But he, he pulled the same thing with the opening, where the, the couple was in bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, oh, you've got to cut this. So he so said, oh, uh it was something like, um, if you let me keep the shower scene in, I'll recut the start for you. Yeah. So they said, oh, all right then. But, so he just resubmitted it because uh, they weren't what they weren't going to turn up and watch him reshoot it. So he just yeah. resubmitted it without changing it, and they said, oh, it's fine. <laughs> oh uh, man, suckers! A lot of stories like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the. Um... The scene with uh, the discovery of Mother's Corpse. Mm. Uh, I hadn't seen a lot of things where there was like a swinging light bulb with that disturbing strobe. Yeah, that's where it comes strobe. from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had to have been the first time it was done, right? Or, yeah. well, he maybe did it before. I don't think any other directors did it before. Um, apparently, the light bulb, um, the, the chair had to spin around, the light bulb had to swing, and there had to be a lens flare. And all three of those things had to be perfect. And Hitchcock would not let it go. He, he did take after take until it was perfect. Oh, man. 
which is, you know, what you'd expect from Hitchcock. You'd expect that more from Stanley Kubrick. Um, the the corpse of mother, the, the, Hitchcock apparently had more than one model of this thing made uh, and apparently had great fun hiding them around where Janet Lee would right. run into them. <laughs> and she wondered if it was done to keep her on edge and kind of freaked out. She apparently had a good sense of humor about all of it. But or was uh, he just a jerk? <laughs> he was just a bastard. <laughs> Could you imagine like... Uh, She's got a dressing room or a trailer or whatever. And she, yeah, you oh, hide that closet or the bathroom. Oh man, <laughs> puts it in the trunk of her car. Ooh, yeah. So there were some pretty interesting things when you start digging into like the making of Psycho. Like pretty, pretty stunning. Um, there was something that was said about the equipment that he used. Um, most of the film, nearly all of it was shot with a 50 millimeter lens on 35 millimeter cameras, mm. which is the most similar to what the human eye sees, mm. which was why I always shot, I think it was a 52 millimeter lens, but when I was shooting um, still photos with a film camera, I would always shoot with my 52 millimeter lens on my 35 millimeter camera. Yeah. And, uh, and I always felt like it was without being pedestrian with your your um, photography, it was your, the best way to see what your eye sees. Hmm. And maybe I'm thinking like I really liked Hitchcock. Did I maybe read that before, and that's why I did that, or did I notice it too? Or the photography professor said, "No, oh, yeah, this is the closest thing to what you see." Hmm. But all my other lenses never felt like I was really seeing what my eyes would see. So I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like wide angles or telephotos for that reason. The zoom lenses just drove me nuts. You're looking through too much glass. Yeah. But that was, um, but there were like all kinds of uh, specific uh, lenses and cameras used for some of the stuff, like looking up the shower head without obviously. Wasn't that, they, they, they built this replica shower head on this large scale. Is that what, is that what you read? Yeah, I think for when when you're looking directly up into it and the water's streaming past the camera. Yeah, my my understanding they was this, like large version of the shower head. Oh, okay. I'll have to I'll have to look that up. Uh, it's like yeah, I think it was was it spellbound whether the guy shoots himself in the head mm-hmm. they, because they couldn't keep it all in focus by using an actual size revolver. Yeah, they built this huge replica of a revolver <laughs> and the hand and it turns around to face the yeah camera. i think that yeah i think yeah. you're right i well i believe the house in psycho is not a full-size house at least it wasn't at the time you know it, uh i believe that was uh a set that was not built to full size so that's huh. why it's up on the hill okay. at least that's what i had read a long time ago and it was not huh. i thought it was at least the but the exterior was the front like cobbled together from previous yeah. movies like Harvey. Oh, maybe it was. And uh, it was based on a Edward Hopper. Edward Hopper, yeah. uh, the house by the railroad. Yeah, that, um, for any listeners who aren't familiar with the paintings of Edward Hopper, you'll know it when you see it, <laughs> when you see his work. I wondered if there was any because you know the, the paintings in it have significance and like well, the taxidermy, yeah. obviously. Stuffing birds. But uh, I looked up when when December eleventh would fall on a Friday, and that so, so that places the movie in nineteen fifty nine. Okay. Uh, 
<clears throat> and then uh, what what the holy events would be on yeah. the day the characters got killed. Oh, okay. So there's like a there's a martyr who dies, and when on on that the the date of when Marion is killed. Okay. And, and she's what's her name? Lucy was I forget, but um, she was like uh, uh, they they tried burning her, and the fl- it wouldn't she wouldn't burn, and uh, according to yeah. Um, but um, she she was eventually killed by being stabbed with a sword. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does seem pretty significant. And then when and then so seven days from then, it's on the the Saturday after, uh, is when Arbogast gets killed, and that's like the coming of the Virgin, like Annunciation of the Virgin. Huh. But uh, I don't know what the significance is. <laughs> they yeah. just happen to be. You know, I, I looked at that. So, do either of you consider this to be the ultimate Hitchcock film? Is this his masterpiece? Well, he's done a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I don't you know. can have more than one masterpiece. Come on, come on look at this run: <clears throat> North by Northwest, uh-huh. Psycho, then The Birds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone else. Any other director had done three movies as good as that in a row. Yeah, they could. But just... he, you know, before that it was like I, I forget what the order is, but there was Vertigo, mm, like Rear Window, yeah, so, Rear so, Window, yeah. I, I think Rear Window was like fifty five. Yeah, fifty five, fifty six. Yeah, 56, yeah so then like it would that. be Vertigo, and then Vertigo, and then yeah, like North by Northwest, yeah, three, Psycho, yeah, The Birds, Marnie was Marnie. Next. Then it would be Topaz. Something like that. I don't know. I, his later stuff I wasn't as keen right, on. It's right, right. like that middle run, yeah. you know, in the 50s, early 60s was fantastic. Well, because he did the unexpected and because he deviated from everything that was successful and just knocked it out of the park, I think he deserves for this to be recognized as one of his masterpieces, obviously. Oh, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you were to rate this movie on a scale of one to ten, I mean, this thing's got to at least be a solid nine, if not a ten. Right. <laughs> you know, I I can't think of much at all that you could say it does wrong. Mm-hmm. No, and even in a time when actors were still maybe a little corny, sometimes um, he, his directing style has them all reined in to. Yeah, no, I think everything in this is pretty perfect. Yeah. So it's a not a recommend for me. <laughs> Stay away. Stay away from Fizco. <laughs> Learn how to spell psycho before you go and try and rent this. Where did, where's that come from? The Fizco oh, thing. There, okay, so um, we have uh, we because, have because having been on the uh, the mutiny podcast, I'm sure we've like doubled our listenership to four. <laughs> yes. Well, we have at least four people in Brazil listening to us. Just Brazil alone. Okay. Sometimes maybe six. Um, we have uh, we have a, a, a profile on the Horror Amino, which is a um, just a social media platform. I don't know why they call them Aminos, um, but chewing the scenery is there. And one of the users, because you can scroll through like this um, this whole feed of stuff that other users have posted, and somebody was happily announcing that they finally saw Psycho, but they spelled it Fizco. Oh. 
That's sweet. Yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> but they finally saw the movie and they, you know, they were like, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, first of all, it's spelled psycho and it's a fucking masterpiece. But, you know, uh, people just can't spell like they used to spell. Uh, people could never spell. If you read old old letters from the 19th century, people couldn't even spell their own name the same way twice. <laughs> I mean, people were pretty lax on spelling. Once I read a bunch of old letters, I was like, eh, I'm not going to be hung up on spelling anymore on no. the internet. People have never been able to spell. You spell words like you think they sound. Yeah, autocorrect, autocomplete. But another interesting thing about language is um, uh, swearing goes back way longer than people think oh yeah because they've they've researched into uh slang terms and their common usage and stuff Mm -hmm. and like uh because because when you read the like you know victorian literature there's no swearing in it yeah uh you think oh people were much more polite back then Uh uh-huh yeah no 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 where where language is completely uncensored they found like lexicographers uh, there's two places. One is court proceedings because they just take down everything. Yeah. And then the other is uh, people would keep diaries about their visits to brothels. Oh, okay. Really? And they just go into explicit detail about, you know, and, and they keep scores and, and like records of, you know, the various women they like and yeah stuff like that. So like, yeah, it's, it's quite shocking how modern languages that's but, what's called a paper trail yeah <laughs> but anyway i digress body glitter is called divorce dust i don't know if everyone knows that or not <laughs> um yeah where were we i'm sorry this, sorry we, we covered why it why we say fizco um, and i also talked about how the the little punk skater kids when i was in my probably late teens early 20s They'd written their graffiti all over, and it said "fizzcotic skaters." <laughs> fizzcotic. <laughs> That's pretty fizzcotic. The way you can't spell. <laughs> um, yeah. So this movie, obviously, uh, because, again, like I said, you know, Hitchcock went away from everything that was successful and did something also super successful. The campaign to promote it, though. Yes. Um, and the and the really interesting stuff with like the marquee uh, or the um, I don't know if they had it on the marquees at all but yeah he had a standee yeah he had a standee of him like pointing at his watch right and, and, and at early showings they had Pinkerton detectives oh it's so crazy outside the cinema yeah it's like you go to spoil it and they're gonna beat your ass yeah because like, like back in the day people would just be expected to just wander in mm-hmm. if you were if you came in halfway through you just sit there and watch the first half of yeah. the next showing right. yeah yeah, because movies were just, they ran them round the clock, pretty much. Yeah, it was an air-conditioned place you could go, mm-hmm. you know, cool off your wool suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's so weird. It's like, do you know that fedora holds in a lot more body heat than you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Uh, oh, and, and another thing they did in the promotions was, uh, he uh, because he didn't want to give away the ending, they ran, uh, he, uh, Hitchcock, like... Uh, asked agents around Hollywood to cast, to look for people they could cast as the mother. Oh. Because okay. he knew then the word would spread. So, oh, yeah. And then there's, you can see like these publicity photos of like uh, the, uh, you know, they have, they have uh, seats for the stars with their names on the seats. 
and they had like they had one for Mrs. Bates and things like that. Ah. That's so funny. <laughs> wow, I like that. Yeah, diversionary tactics. What red he, herrings? What if would you he will. do in the age of the internet? Right. Oh, he'd probably have a oh, that'd be awesome. great time. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be the biggest troll. <laughs> Second biggest, I think we we have a, an even bigger one for president. But um, yeah, I, I feel like we covered it pretty well. I mean, you you, you can say a lot about um, Bernard Herrmann's score, but uh, suffice it to say, it's it's brilliant to the point where Hitchcock was it doubled his salary. He paid him nearly double or nearly triple, if I remember right. <clears throat> Two bottles of rum. Two <laughs> bottles of rum and a pack of smokes. Um, yeah, I can't find where I have that note, but uh, but uh, he was Hitchcock was so pleased with how well it did. He he credited. Um, let me see if I think I just found it. Yeah, it's it like it. His plan was to make it for less than a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it made about seven million in a week. It's amazing. There must have been so much buzz around this thing. Yeah, they, um, they were like, uh, and the other what happened was like, uh, it play at drive-ins, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, drive-ins always had double bills, um, because they wanted people to buy candy or whatever. Yeah. During the support feature, but this one they just like had Psycho playing around the clock, and people were, there was like lines of cars miles long to see it. Man. I thought we were going to get through an episode without that dog. <laughs> atmosphere. Well, well, let's wrap it up then. All right. Well, yeah. So, so check this thing out if you haven't, and for some reason are still listening to this. Watch Psycho. <laughs> Psycho, nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Starring Star- uh, Vince Vaughn, Anne Hayes, and Anne Hayes. Oh yeah. Directed by Gus Van Sant. Yeah. Um. There's no other. Just watch that one first. It's the same diff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, thank you for listening. And stay off the moors.